Amen. I want to welcome you again to the house of the Lord. It's a great place to be on a Sunday, better than any place else you can be. Amen. It was good when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I love the house of God. And uh, today I want to take you into the book of Proverbs. So if you'll follow along with me there in chapter 28, and we're going to look at a couple scriptures uh, in Proverbs, so just kind of hang out there for a second. In fact, I'm going to be giving you quite a few scriptures today, and um, I do not have an outline for you today because what I'm preaching is really just a, on a, a topic, so I, d- I don't really have an outline for you, but I believe you can, uh, if you want to take notes, you could definitely follow along and uh, read over some of these scriptures I'm going to be giving with you later. Uh, also want to welcome all of you online that are joining with us today on Facebook and YouTube. Thank you for being with us as well. And today I just want to mention that the Lord, when He came and He walked on this earth, He walked unafraid. Jesus was not fearful. He was not afraid to die. He was not afraid to live. He was not afraid of the devil. He was not afraid of sickness. He wasn't afraid of dead people. I mean, how many times do we read that Jesus raised the dead? How many times do we see that he was around leprous people and he was not afraid? And I want to just say today that the Scripture we're going to look at right out of the, right out of the box has been on my heart for a while, and I am actually going to teach about this in several parts. Today is going to be a kind of entry level into it, but I want you to follow along with me. I'm titling this message today, Bold as a Lion. Look at Proverbs 28.1. The Bible says, The wicked flee... When? When no one is pursuing. But the righteous are bold as a lion. Someone say, like a lion. The wicked flee when no one is pursuing. Church, listen. When you know you have done wrong, you think everybody else knows. You got a guilty conscience. That's why the person who has stolen something is on the lookout for the policeman. That's why if he sees a policeman on the corner, he gets fidgety because he's guilty. Amen? A person who is guilty will flee even when no one is pursuing. That's what the Bible is saying. But the righteous... It's like the opposite. They're bold as a lion. Now, God said in His Word that if people strayed from His Word, they would have a condition of fear in their midst. Look at Leviticus 26, 36 with me. God said, And the sound of a driven leaf shall chase them. And even when no one is pursuing, they will flee as though from the sword, and they will fall. 
Just the sound of a dry leaf blowing in the woods would start them running, falling upon one another in their haste to get away. Yet the Bible says they will fall. Can I just tell you, God is not unaware of everything going on in our world. He knows what's happening. You see, the wicked flee, but what about the righteous? The righteous are bold as a lion. Can I just say, we need more lion-like believers with boldness in evidence. The, the boldness of a lion here is compared with a believer, and the believer is compared with a lion. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, we're supposed to be lions. So now, in order to compare this and to understand this comparison, we first, need, first of all need to know what does it mean to be righteous. Amen? Look at Romans 10.10. It says, with the heart, man believes, resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth, he confesses, resulting in in salvation. In other words, if you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, died on the cross for your sins, you will say that with your mouth, confess it, believe it, and walk in that. And those who confess that, believe that, and walk in that, and repent of their old ways, the Bible says you are now the righteousness of God in Christ. You see, a lot of times we as believers, and I hear Christians say this, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. C- can I just offer a word of correction? That's part of my job as a, as a pastor, to correct. No, you were a sinner. You have been saved by grace, and now he calls you the righteousness of God in Christ. It's not in you, it's in him. There is none righteous, no, not one. Amen? That's Bible. But once you were a sinner, Paul said we were murderers, we were adulterers, people were thieves and and homosexuals, and on and on. He, he, He just begins to list all the things that we were. He says, but you have been saved. You have been washed. You have been freed. You are no longer that. You are now the righteousness of God in Christ, not by anything you have done, lest we should boast, but what Jesus has done, and we stand upon that righteousness. You see, with our heart we believe, resulting in righteousness. Now, it also states this in Romans 3.22. The righteousness of God is by the, look at this, faith through faith, in Jesus Christ for all those who believe. Are you a believer? For there's no distinction. Now notice that. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe. There's no distinction. Doesn't matter what you did. Doesn't matter your sin of the past. Doesn't matter what you were. You are no longer that. Amen? And that's what I was saying to the discipleship class a little bit this morning is it's the one of the only thing, I think the 12-step programs are pretty good in some of the things they say. But there's one thing. There's just one thing. It's like you always have to keep on saying, I am this. Like, I am an alcoholic. No, you were. You were, but now you are no longer. 
Do you see what I'm saying? So we have to understand who we are in Christ before we know how to act like we are in Christ. Because I want to tell you something. If you don't believe that you are over the devil, you will live under the devil. You see, the righteous are supposed to have lion-like qualities. Now, what is there about a lion that we should see in our lives as righteous people? Surely not the growl or just the roar of a lion. Amen? That's just a mean kitty. You see, a lot of believers think that noise is a sign of power. If you get a little bit more loud, you got more power. Not necessarily. If we are going to have a good service, we need to have a noisy service, and then we bless the Lord, we've had a good service. Not necessarily so. Power will produce some noise, so we should not be as quiet as a cemetery. Amen? Well, you know, we don't want frost in the pulpit and icicles on the pew. But there should be power under control. Amen? You see, every time we get into our vehicle, that's power. Whether it's under control is up to you. Amen? I want you to consider the confidence that a lion has. He is king of the beast. Slip over to Proverbs 30. I love this. There's a caliber of a rifle called a 3030. This is the Bible's 3030. Check it. The lion is mighty among beasts and does not retreat before any. What is the quality that God is saying the righteous are bold as a lion? Right there. The lion is mighty among all the beasts, and he will not retreat from any of them. Lions have been known to attack man. The lion, which is king of the beasts, does not retreat before any. So how does that relate to us believers? Look at Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through him, Christ, who strengthens me. You say, Pastor, I don't feel like a lion. Let him strengthen you. You say, I feel weak today. It's in your weaknesses that he is made strong. Admit those weaknesses to him. Admit if you don't love the way you wish you could love. Admit it to him. He'll fill you supernaturally with his love. You see, think also of the courage of the lion. A lion is not afraid of any animal. If he is hungry, he's going to go almost after almost anything. Okay? Do we have that courage? Do we have that courage? That if someone would rise up, curse our God to our face, profane his name before us, that we would say, hey, now wait a minute. 
That's my God you're speaking about. Watch your language. I remember a day when people used to do that. I've done it on an elevator with my wife and little kids in tow at a hotel before. People have a dirty, filthy mouth and say, hey, I've got kids and a wife here. Would you mind your language? Oh, I'm sorry. Pardon my French. It's usually what they say. I want you to think of Daniel. We talked about him. He was a man, he just, he didn't compromise. He was bold. Could have lost his head, but he didn't. He actually was advanced because of what he stood for. You see, when we are right, when the righteous people of God are bold as a lion, it affects people around them. Now, God has, Daniel, God has shown us Moses. Moses went to Pharaoh. God has shown us Elijah. God showed us Paul. God showed us Jesus. There are a lot of people in God's Word. And the question is, is do we have that same kind of boldness in 2022 in the culture that surrounds us today? I want you to look at this scripture in 2 Timothy because this is what God said he has given you. And it's also what he has not given you. Notice what he has not given you. For God has not given us the spirit of timidity, which is another word for fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. So what has he given us? He's given you power. He's given you love. And he's given you a sound mind or discipline or self-control. So he's given you the ability to have power under control, and it's all flowing out of love. Amen? So I want you to think today about how a lion will go right into an inhabited community of people, if necessary, in order to get its food It doesn't worry him at all if he thinks that he can get food that way. And church, we as believers have to have some courage and daring upon the Word of God in the days and the hours in which we live today. Can I hear an amen? So you say, well, then how am I going to show this? How is boldness shown? Well, boldness is shown in many different ways. Yet the the Word of God says the righteous are bold as a lion. I want you to remember the first wonderful day when you found out what it was to be forgiven of your sin. That day that you gave your heart to Jesus Christ and you decided by an act of your will, to accept him as your Lord. Did you feel like jumping? Did you feel like giving praise to God? Perhaps you did on the inside. Maybe you even did on the outside. But church, can I just say, it's not how high we jump, but how straight we walk that identifies us as a believer in Jesus. Jesus said, broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be that find it. How many would agree with that? It's easy. Man, it's so easy to walk on the broad. You don't have to do anything except just be 
without control. But he said, the way to life is a narrow way. In fact, has anybody ever said you're narrow-minded? Man, if you've been accused of that, thank them for that. Tell them, thank you. I know you don't mean it that way, but I receive that as a thank you because the Bible says, narrow is the way that leads to life, and few there be that finds it. I want to walk the narrow way. And church, when it all comes down to it, it is a narrow way. I mean, when we serve Jesus Christ, Jesus says, I am the only way to the Father. But there are many people that will say, oh, there are many ways to God. Really? Not according to the Son of God. He said, I am the way, not a way. I am the truth, not a truth. I am the life, not a life. No man comes unto the Father except through me. And the devil knows this. And you see what the devil tries to do, and there are so many people living this way, in the church just as well as outside the church, peer pressure. And guess what? Just because you graduated high school and have made it past your senior year does not mean peer pressure quit. You get onto the workforce, peer pressure. You have people all around you cussing like a sailor, peer pressure. You have everyone around you popping tops and sucking suds, peer pressure. You have everyone around you talking about the culture of the day, peer pressure. And they're bold. In fact, church, the devil, I don't even refer to him as bold. I refer to the devil and his people as brazen. You brazenly violate the law of God. The night before Jesus was crucified, Peter said, Though all forsake you, I will never leave you. Nope. Not me. I won't deny you. Can I say today, church, that was not a display of boldness. It was really a display of brashness on his part. Because Peter, later on that night, was affected by the very thing I just got through talking to you about, peer pressure. You see, there was no one around him that was saying Jesus was the Lord. In fact, he began to walk in fear because they were like, hey, you were with him too. And guess what? They just, he just saw him get taken out from that courtroom. And they know, he, he's going to go get flogged now. And he's like, I, I know I wasn't with him. And not only does he, does, does, it, does he do it that time, he does it again and again. And church, I'm saying this. Once you do it once, it's easier to do it again. 
Once you fall once, it's easy to fall again and fall again. And church, that is why it is so important. Listen to me. I'm not talking about going and ministering to people, but I am saying this. It is important who you surround yourself with. It is important who you listen to. It is important what you listen to. It is important what you read. It is important what you say. It is important what you think. And if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, we need to get, get it out of us. That's why the Bible says we're to renew our mind on the daily. It's like a daily newspaper. It's the daily edition. And what's amazing is it's been written for thousands of years, and it's still fresh news today, just like it was written on the day when it was written. Can I have an amen? Do you remember Simon the Sorcerer? Found in the book of Acts. Go ahead and slip over there to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. Simon was a bold man in some ways. But is that the sort of boldness that God is talking to us about? Philip was one of the first seven deacons of the church, and he was turned into an evangelist. And he went down to Samaria to help the people receive the power of the Spirit of God. And the Bible says that while he was there, he's performing many miracles. Now, I want you to notice verse 9 of Acts 8. It informs us here that there was a man named Simon who formerly practiced magic in the city and astonishing the people of Samaria, claiming to be someone great. Now, is that what it means to be bold? Claiming to be someone great? Having a loud voice and saying, I am the greatest? In fact, a certain boxer once boldly proclaimed those very words, I am the greatest. But in the end, someone beat him. So he wasn't the greatest. Is that boldness? I'm a child of God. I've got all the manifestations of the Spirit. Is that boldness? You see, Simon had a certain sort of audacity, but without a knowledge of that truth. Simon had a certain belief in his own devilish power, but was that boldness. In fact, he said, I want that same power that's working in you. I want that. And the man of God says, basically, Satan, get out of here. You don't even know what you you don't even know what you're asking. This is the power of God and you cannot buy it. You cannot buy it. So the point I want to make today, this is this is where I'm trying to get to, is our boldness is not based on our own strength. See, Peter didn't have the strength in himself. It wasn't until after he was empowered by the Holy Spirit and spoke on the day of Pentecost 
he became the pastor of the church in Jerusalem, that he had that boldness. He boldly proclaimed, even when the Pharisees said, we'll lock you up if you keep on preaching in Jesus' name. He said, you know what, whether you lock me up, whether it's right in the eyes of God or not, to obey God or to obey man, you determine, but we can't stop preaching. And he got imprisoned for it. He got jailed for doing what I'm doing right now, preaching the Word of God. And yet, here's the thing that the devil can never quit. He, he can never fix. He can never end. The Pharisees could not keep the people that, pre, that Peter and John preached to from getting healed. You see, the devil can't keep people from getting saved. The devil does not have the power to keep the salvation of God from working. The devil does not have the power to keep somebody who confesses Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior from getting saved and having the power of God inside of their life. He cannot keep the Holy Spirit from, from baptizing somebody. He doesn't have that power. He does not have that ability. So the Bible says this, and this is the thing about the devil. You will always see him perverting what God has. He, he's not original. He is the most unoriginal being on the planet because it's everything God has done that he does the opposite. God has faith. He has fear. What is fear but faith that this thing is going to happen? See, fear is faith that the negative is going to happen. Faith, without faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I believe God is going to do this without even seeing Him yet do it. Look at this in Second First Thessalonians two two. Are you getting something out of this? It says, But after we had already suffered and been mistreated in Philippi, as you know, we had the boldness, here it is, say this out loud, in our God. We had boldness in our God to speak to you the gospel of God amidst much opposition. You see, our boldness cannot be based upon our desperation. You know, a lot of times people start getting bold, quote, in God or noisy in God because suddenly they got a need in their family. Someone got sick. Someone's got a financial need. Uh, but our boldness cannot be based upon our desperation. We need boldness all the time in our God. The righteous are bold as a lion, and our boldness has to be founded on a firm foundation, and that's Him. As you know, we had the boldness in our God. See, they were bold in God, and that is where our boldness has to be. We, we've got to be bold to the end of speaking about the good news. You see, the particular word for boldness is used 39 times in the New Testament. 28, it has reference to boldness in speech. And literally, the word boldness, if you do a, a word study on that, you will find that it is the word confidence. Church, can I tell you that before I knew Jesus, I was not confident in me. 
I was shy. I didn't even know how to speak. I'm in pretty good company because Moses was that way too. I think when it Jeremiah that God said, hey, don't say you're a youth. Don't just say you're a young man. God loves to take the weaknesses of the world and confound the wise with it. But of the 39 times boldness is used, 28 of those have reference to boldness in speech. I'm going to talk about this a little bit later in another week, but I'm going to say this. Christians, today, we've got to be bold in speech. Or the enemy will take the conversation completely out of our hand. Can I tell you that when our founding fathers were beginning this nation, the pulpit was not silent about tyranny? It was not silent on issues of the day. Here's a question I have for you. Do you want to be bold or do you want to be cold? Most people don't know that there is more than one type of person today who says they're a Christian. Do we all know that? Have we seen that? I am sad to announce that it's even from pulpits. The Word of God says this, if it is with difficulty that the righteous are saved, what is going to happen to the world? In other words, if the Christians aren't even Christians, how can unsaved people become a Christian? Because Jesus said it this way, if I can say it like this, he said, you're the salt of the world. Now, if the salt has become tasteless, with what will the world be seasoned? You're the light of the world. A light that is up on a hill, you can't help but see it. Unless you cover it over. Unless you put a bushel over it. Bold or cold? Bold Christianity is described in Scripture. Look at this in Ephesians 3.12. You're still getting something out of it. Speaking of Jesus... In whom, in whom, say that, in whom we have boldness and confident access through faith in Him. Boldness. In Christ we have boldness. Well, then. 
Do we have it or don't we have it? We have boldness. We got to begin to say that. I have boldness. God has not given me a spirit of fear. Fear what? Peer pressure. Now we're back on that again. Fear what others are going to say about you, what others are going to do with you. Listen, go, I went through school a lot of my life alone. Not all of it, but some of it. When people would be like, I mean, I, I didn't date a lot in high school. That's okay. I found the perfect one in college. Amen. Still, I wouldn't want another one. No. Amen. Church, listen to me. If people and I, I'm gonna just I'm just gonna take a little angle here just for a second. You know, we live in a climate, we live in a spiritual climate, we live in a cultural climate where sexual sin is rampant. Deviancies of sexual sin, perverted sexual sins, but also the same kind that's been alive forever. And that is, if God's given you your gift, keep your eye on your own gift. Job said, I will not set any wicked thing before my eye. He said, I will, not, I will not look upon a maiden in order to lust after her. But you see, that's, that's where the battle is. The devil, the devil will tempt you. It's not a sin to be tempted. It's just what you do with that temptation. How many of you know what I'm talking about when you're trying to, just, you're trying to check out at the grocery stand and there's the Cosmo magazine? cosmopolitan. You know what? God gave men this awesome muscle. It's right here. It's really a cool muscle. It's very interesting. All you've got to do is exercise that muscle and look the other way. That's why you should go shopping with your wife. You can always look at your wife. Am I talking truth today, folks? Just because somebody has given their heart and life to Jesus Christ, how many people who have been Christians in marriage have committed adultery? Pastors need to talk about this. These are the things people are dealing with. Well, Let me talk about this one. We need to be bold, hang on to your seat, toward God. You say, oh, hold on. What are you saying, Pastor? I said we need to be bold toward God. Do you know that God did not send, God does not send his people into safe places to do comfortable things? I'm so tired of hearing people go, well, I'm just not comfortable. I'm not comfortable doing that ministry. I'm not comfortable doing what God calls me to do either. Sometimes there's times when God says, I want you to go talk to that person. That's not comfortable. 
It wasn't comfortable for Jesus on the cross, but he did it. God said, look at this scripture. Uh, Hebrews 4.16, let's go to that one. Are you ready for this? Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I can't tell you how many times people have said, well, why did God do this to me? Why did God do that? Why didn't God do that? The devil did that, church. Come on and see who the enemy is. It's the enemy who comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. I've come to give you life and to give it more abundantly. Understand who your enemy is and then go to God and say, God, I need your mercy today. I need your grace today. I need help in my time of need, and I can't do this on my own. And, Lord, there's a temptation. I want to blame you for this. But I, you know what? He's big enough for talk like that. Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because of you. Because of me. He looked upon his own son and he saw our sin and Jesus died on the cross for us. And now, because we accept him as our Lord and our Savior, he is our, he is our king. He is, our, he is our, 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 our sin remover. When God looks at us, this is what the Father says to Jesus. Jesus, he looks just like you. He's like, thank you, Father. He's my son. Thank you, Lord. She's my daughter. Look at this in Hebrews 10, 19, and 20. Do I have that one? Having, therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest. How do we do it? By the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way which he has consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. We have access to the Father through the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus. Jesus said, the things I do, David Drew, you're going to do in my name. Mary Jamrose, you're going to do in my name. Dorothy Silva, you're going to do in my name. Fill your name in the blank. The works that Jesus did, you will do. And church, I want to tell you something. Our world right now is looking for that. They're looking for it in the books of Harry Potter. They're looking for it in the, in the world of, of the mystical. They're looking for it in magic. They're looking for it in, I can't tell you, what is it, billions of dollars in the psychic uh, industry, $2 billion right now, and how many thousands 94,000 places in America that you can go to a psychic to find out what's going to happen. People are looking for the supernatural, and we have it. We have the super coming on the natural when something supernatural takes place. Having, therefore, boldness. We already have it, but we've got to manifest it with a relationship with God. So we've got to indicate together, or we've got to, to stand together. So, the, or the indications of this is that we must stand together and stand in who we know we are in Jesus because God has made boldness available to us. Should we not want to use it to fulfill, enjoy the benefit that it brings? 
I've got to stop. I'm only halfway through the first message, and I've got at least two more for when I get back. Now, let me just say what this is not meaning. You don't have to be mean. But you do need to be bold. Being a Christian doesn't mean you are to be walked on. Pharisees tried to walk on Jesus, and he, he always had an answer. And they didn't even know how to refute it. And that's what God will give you. You say, Pastor, I just, I just, I don't know what to, I don't know what to do. I'm going to help you. Te- I'm going to teach you and show you what to do. Do you know that we're told in the Word of God that we need to be prepared to share the reason of our faith in Jesus to someone who would ask us? Are we right now as a church in America? Are we right now as the Church of Jesus Christ in America prepared to share with those? who are not a believer, how to be one. I believe there's a way we can share our faith with them and never have an argument. All we need to do is simply let them read what the Word of God says. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let them read it and just simply say, read that out loud, and then just ask them the question, what does that mean to you? And just let them tell you. And then go to the next one. For we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Let them read it. What does that say to you? And see, all it is, it's the Word of God. They're reading it. And you're just asking them, what does that mean to you? You know, it's amazing. They'll give you the answer that is real. There's none righteous, no, not one. What does that mean? I'm not righteous. I've sinned. Let me just take a quick test. Anybody in the house that has not sinned, raise your hand. I've got to bring mine down. If you have not sinned, raise your hand. Nobody's going to raise their hand because once you do, then you're a liar, so then you will have sinned. We've all sinned. But the free gift of God is eternal life. You also have them read that in Jesus Christ our Lord. Then you have them read, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anybody will open the door, I'll come in. We'll have supper together. We'll... Have fellowship with one another. You know what, church? God doesn't call sin, sin, to keep you from having fun. God calls sin, sin, and shows you a way out of it so you can live eternally. Remember this. It's the thief who comes to steal. It's the thief who comes to destroy. It's the thief who comes to kill. But Jesus, say this, Jesus 
gives life that's abundant. Stand with me today. We're only partway through this, okay? Are you getting something out of this? And uh, there's more to come. God's, God's going to take us into this even a little bit deeper. I want to say this before I close today. Before this series is over, we're all going to be challenged. How many of you believe the church has a lot more work yet to be done? Yeah. And I want to be a part of that. I, I, I want to help bring in the lost. I want this place packed, not just so the place is packed, but so that hell begins to get people taken out of it. Amen? Amen. Take somebody's hand beside you, if you will. Let's pray this prayer together. I want you to pray for one another as well as you pray for yourself. I just want you to pray this prayer after me, if you will. I just want to lead you in this. Say, Dear Father, empower us to walk in the boldness that you've already placed in us. Help every one of us to be bold as a lion and retreat from no one, to retreat from no conversation. And Lord, give us wisdom Give us knowledge, give us mercy, and give us grace, and let everything we do be done in love for the soul of the people we speak to, impact our country, send revival, revive me, and let me be used as your tool, as your instrument of righteousness to all that are around me. And Lord, I pray this, help me not be negatively affected by peer pressure around me, but let me be the thermostat that dictates the temperature of my surroundings. In Jesus' name, amen. I believe you heard that prayer, and I believe God's answering that prayer by faith. Amen. Love you guys. Have a great week. We will, uh, we'll see you when we get back. God bless.